Right. It says recording, so hopefully. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so this is the third Sunday in Advent, and it's known as Gaudet Sunday, uh, from the Latin, to rejoice. Uh, you may or may not be in the mood for rejoicing, but we're called to rejoice because our Saviour is coming. Who are you? I know that I come back to this question every so often, especially when life isn't going quite as well. You, you may also be wondering why I'm wearing this silly hat. Um, and it's a game that's played in various forms. You may have played it with a post-it note on your forehead and people go round, you have to ask other people questions about who you might be. Um, the funniest round that I've ever played was when my daughter um, asked if uh, the thing on her head was a murder weapon. Um, I'm not sure if she was getting so frustrated that she had murderous thoughts. Um, it turned out she was actually spaghetti and meatballs, um, which has now changed spaghetti and meatballs as a tea for us now. It's not quite as mundane. So, um, who are you? Has anyone asked you that question? Or do you ask yourself that question? Looking at our readings today, we see John being asked this question. Jesus is also asked this question in other parts of the Gospels. And so we're going to look at John and Jesus and how we ourselves can also identify and define ourselves through Scripture. So who was John? Through our New Testament reading, we see that using scripture was very much part of the Jewish culture. And we observe that the Jews are questioning who John is through their scriptures. So the beginning part of our reading, it says, he confessed and did not deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. Now, the Messiah has been promised again and again throughout the Old Testament. We turn to our lovely Christmas reading in Isaiah 9-6. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Jews were expecting the Messiah to come, and so they ask John, but he says no. The Jews were also expecting Elijah, who didn't die, but was just taken up to heaven in a flaming chariot. And this is because Malachi, one of the Old Testament prophets who wrote 400 years before Jesus um, was born, um, he wrote this, if I turn to Malachi 4, 5. I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day that the Lord comes. And so turning to our reading again, they say, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Now, if we look further in the Gospels, we realise that actually Jesus does call him the Elijah. So although John did know this part of scripture, that his part in that had not yet been revealed to him. The Jews then further question John, and they ask him if he is a prophet. Now this comes from Deuteronomy, when Moses is speaking to the Israelites. And in Deuteronomy 18.15, he says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people, 
Who shall heed such a prophet? However, John again says, No, I am not the prophet. This uh, prophet person is sometimes thought of as an end time figure rather than a messianic figure. But they've searched again and again, the Jews, through the scriptures, trying to place John. Who are you? Eventually, they exhaust their guessing and they said, they say to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John, instead of just declaring something, he turns again, yet again to scripture, turns to Isaiah 40 and declares, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. This would have given them an image of a representative going ahead of the king to get ready, to get them prepared for the coming king. John defines himself through scripture using these words to show who he is. What about Jesus? Does Jesus, how does he identify himself? If we just turn to our Old Testament passage in Isaiah, well, through the book of Isaiah, we see uh, the Israelites going on a journey. They've been, they're being exiled due to their disobedience and God's judgment towards them. And towards the end of the book, where our passage, our Old Testament passage comes from, there is this hope of restoration for the returning exiles. But it's not just a hope for then, it's a hope for the future, that a Messiah will come, someone who will save them once and for all. During Jesus' ministry, it was very usual for scripture to be read and then taught upon, very much like what we're doing at the moment. And um, we turn to Luke 4 and we see Jesus in the synagogue reading scripture and then expected to expand on it. And we realised that he has just used our Old Testament passage. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Instead of expanding on this scripture, Jesus just says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Or, as the message translated, you've just heard this scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. So we see Jesus using this Old Testament scripture to speak of who he is, what he is called to do. And we can see that outworking later in his ministry in uh, Matthew eleven five, where John's disciples have been sent to Jesus to say, who are you? And Jesus says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. Jesus identifies who he is through our passage in Isaiah. It is interesting to note, though, as you may have heard at the beginning of uh, when we heard the Old Testament, that the second verse goes on to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance for our God. Now, Jesus doesn't state this in Luke, and I believe that's because 
The day of the favour of the Lord was while he was in Israel, and the day of vengeance comes at the end time, which was not for his ministry while he was in Israel. John and Jesus are both mighty men of the New Testament and have used scripture to identify themselves. But what about us? Can we use scripture to identify who we are, to define who we are? I believe that the answer is yes. And there are many, many parts of scripture where we can look and find who God tells us who we are and who God is as well. And you may want to take up Jenny's challenge of reading the Bible in a year or two to find some of those bits of scripture. However, if we just look at our passage that we've read today, the end of the Isaiah says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exhort in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. We see from this that once we have accepted Jesus as our saviour, God has clothed us with salvation and covered us in righteousness. Righteousness means that we are right in God's sight and there is nothing that we can do, think or say that will make God love us more or any less. We are right in God's eyes to the extent that it is compared with um, God clothing us with a wedding gown. This marriage to God is picked up in the New Testament, in Revelations and in Ephesians. Now God clothes us with undeserved salvation and righteousness. But the passage then goes on. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden sows, uh, causes what is sown to spring up, those seeds are sown within us, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. God has sown righteousness and praise on the inside of our hearts that will spring up. So John identifies himself through scripture, showing who he wasn't and who he was. Jesus identifies himself through scripture, telling people who he is in their own language. And we too can identify ourselves through scripture. We are the beloved bride of Christ, clothed in righteousness and salvation, with righteousness and praise springing up from inside. You may not always feel that this is who you are, especially after the year we've had, the trying times, and when during this time of Advent we are meant to be hoping and all that hope has gone from your soul. But this is who God says that you are, through the good times and the hard times. You can hang on to the fact that you are right with God, that you can come to him about anything and everything without guilt, without shame, knowing that he does delight in you. So on this third Sunday of Advent, let us rejoice that our bridegroom is coming. Amen. Amen. We're just going to take a time now of prayer and intercession.
Lord, I just ask that as we spend a moment in silence, that you would again reveal to us your love and our righteousness through Jesus. Just have those beautiful words from Psalm 23. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear any evil, for you are with me, and your rod and staff are the comfort I need to know. As we come to our intercessions, I will say, Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, if you can respond, hear our prayer. Father, we lift this beautiful world to you and ask you to help us to do our bit to care and tend it. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our prayer. We lift up our world leaders to you in this difficult time and pray that you would give them soft hearts to hear your voice and make decisions according to your wisdom. We just lift to you countries and leaders that are on our hearts at the moment. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our yeah. prayer. We thank you for this COVID vaccine and pray that it would be safe, distributed fairly and well. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our prayer. We thank you, Jesus, for the NHS and we ask that you would give wisdom, peace and rest to the doctors and nurses. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our prayer. We lift up all those who are ill, grieving, anxious or worried. Would you bring your healing and your peace? In a moment of silence, we bring to, those, we bring to you those known to us personally. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our prayer. Jesus, we pray for your church. Thank you for the number of people wanting to make contact with church at this time of year. May they receive a warm welcome, whether online or in person. 
May all draw nearer to you. We also pray for all those in church leadership that you would give them energy and time to encounter you for themselves. Lord, as we are righteous in your sight, hear our prayer. Amen.